name is Joshua Edward Wright. I was imprisoned in Portland, Oregon, United States for 50 months. And during that time, I realized that not a lot of people know what we go through. So what I will be offering is personal narrative in the hope that the listener will be able to realize the validity of the statement that no human being belongs in a cage. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Exiled Voice. Today, I have with me Queez Audi. Queez, you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that guy, Misfit Audi. Follow me on Instagram, Misfit Audi, because I don't fit in with these guys. I'm from Sacramento, California. You know what I'm saying? I got 10 years in the prison system, and I just turned 30. You know, we on our bounce back, though. It was a minor setback for a major comeback. Josh, what's going on with you? Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, well, my first question is basically, you know, just want to lead the audience through the process of how your arrest went, you know, county, how that was for you. Just anything you want to bring up kind of leading to prison, how that, you know, how that went. First and foremost, I need the audience to know that I am one considered a child of the system. I grew up in foster care. You know what I'm saying? So when you grow up in foster care, you're already in a systematic, you know, institution type placement that you are forced to call home for however long. Um, for me, it was three and a half. I was five and me and my brother, we got out the system when I was eight. Then school, you know, I'm from Sacramento, California, born in Long Beach, California, though. But school, um, I I witnessed the prison, the school, the school to prison pipeline. I witnessed, you know, getting passed on without getting the grades and just like, you know, you're not going to really make it past this anyway. So just go ahead to the next grade until they push you from, you know, sixth grade to prison. And that's like real. I was on a run a lot. So I've been arrested like in a lot of, and I've been to jail in like four different states. But um, for one, it's embarrassing. But for me, it was like, for me, every time I get, I never been like pulled over or like, you know, dealt with a cop and didn't go to jail. Like I'm, I'm always going to jail. You know what I mean? Cause I always either got something on me, probation, whatever the case may be. Like, I just didn't have the experience of like getting pulled over and then like, thank you officer. I'm on my way. Like it's always a scene and I'm always going to jail. So then it became like, it became the standard for me. Like once people get used to like, oh yeah, he back in jail or he's, you know, they seeing you in the back of the police car. If you grew up in projects, you know, like on the South side of Sacramento, you know, we got apartments and, and projects and shit so and stuff. So it's like, it became normalized that, you know, you see us in the back and not just me, everybody that, you know, was there was just like, you see somebody in the back of the car, like, oh, they got the homie. <laughs> so like, um, but overall, like when I look at it now as a grown up. Um, it's like embarrassing. Like, man, my mom out there, my auntie out there, my granny out there, you know, like they, and then they like slamming you on the car. Um, you know, it's like with the police in the, in the inner city and with being black, one shoe fit all, you feel me? One, one pair fit all, like, like you, him, like regardless of who him is, you are him, whoever the suspect is, whoever the, whatever the description is, you are him. So me personally, I have witnessed a lot of, of, oh, you fit the description but it ain't you like, that's crazy. You just slam my head all on the car. You done, you feel me? Like put your uh, knee all in my back. Like, you feel me? You done threw my hat all in the street Head, I'm dirty. You feel me? You done, I got up, you got dirt on my booty. You won't, you feel me? Like, you like, and I'm a girl, like, and this is broad daylight. It's kids outside. It's 
bystanders, people driving. You feel me? Now it's a show. I'm a part of a circus now. You know what I'm saying? That's personal experiences. And, uh, you know, but like I said, growing up in the system, once I got to the county, it was all like everybody I knew, all my brothers, my whole family have done time. So my whole life I have grown up knowing what doing time is and that you just take that on the chair. So when I got to county, it was just like, okay, this is what they was talking about. Like, you know, and I understood that side of it. But like with the COs, I got this really see like us versus you mentality. And that's another thing that they think fits all, you feel me, what they would call inmates. For me, it was never us versus them, the boys in blue versus the back and forth, you feel me? It was always me versus me. I was going through my own situation, my own stuff mentally that I had to really focus on me. But with COs having the mindset of, oh, he's another convict or he's this, he he got to, he look like them or, you know, and it's just like for them, it's when you come in or you just like the last one. You just like whoever the last dude is, like you don't tell the truth, you're a liar, off rip. Um, then they get to a point where, you know, they'll let you explain yourself about something and already they don't judge you. Like it's already, you know, you're executed. So as soon as you get done explaining, like, oh, we hear you, but yeah, we got to, you feel me? Like you did that. And it's like, if you already had that preset, like, just let me know from the gate. Don't have me explain what really happened and then tell me I'm lying. Cause then that's when you make somebody start lying to you. Cause once I see the truth don't work you know, it makes me lie. You feel me? Cause I know lying is going, I have a better chance of getting by because you already think I'm lying anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I got to think of something clever. And um, so then it becomes, oh, they make their liars, they're manipulative, they're this, they're that. But wait a minute, the truth never, the truth didn't work when I tried to tell the truth because every, what they call inmate is the same to them. And it's a program, it's a systematic thing. What I like to call yeah, it's a systematic thing. I just had to learn to, I can't win with them. Like in the county, that's what I was learning before I went to prison. I learned early that I can't win with them. Arguing back and forth, banging on the door. You feel me? Like doing all that crazy stuff. Like that's a crowd for help for some. And that's how some, you know, vent. But like, I couldn't, I can't, you can't win with them because nothing that you do is going to affect them at the end of the day. Like when they go home, like it's not going to affect them. I used to think like arguing with them and yeah, I told him but I'm still sitting in the hole and he's still going about his business. I can't call my kids. I can't reach out to my family. I can't, you feel me? I had to really just learn upon doing time. Like, okay, the homies is going to go gorilla, but like I, somebody got to be a thinker. You feel me? So like I took the role of a thinker. Like I've always been a thinker. You know what I mean? My mom always said like, bro, educate, you feel me? Educate. So, so like if I, if anything, like my biggest thing I would, my takeaway would just be like, sometimes people are pushed into certain actions, I may come off as like I'm manipulating or like I may be lying. It's because I told the truth to you already and you judge me as if I was lying already. So that's what they're gonna push you to do. And then that's what they're gonna mark you as. You know, authenticity, that also comes with it too. You gotta be the difference. Like I've always learned to be myself. Like I always knew like I'ma just be me. And those that are like me are gonna gravitate to me. Those that aren't, not. It's sad, but again, being in a system for so long, um, I learned to detach. I don't have mama, I don't have sisters, I don't have brothers, I don't have like love, you feel me? I don't have nurture, I don't have those things. I just have, it's, it's rough. So in my life and growing up in a system, you learn to detach. You know, that's what jail did for me, bro. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely. From, from my perspective is they used to tell me the same stuff because I was new to the system too. Um, I was going in there, they're saying like, oh, you're a burglar. Like, you know, I have a burglar when the first degree with a firearm, that's, that's my felony. And they kept telling me, like, you know, I must know how to pick locks. I must know how to, you know, break into houses and steal stuff. And and I'm like, no, I don't. But the more you say it, the more it makes me want to learn how to do that stuff. 
Yes. <laughs> and then I got people across from me in, in solitary confinement and, and they're being like, hey, if you want to learn how to pick a lock, man, I'll teach you how to pick a lock. You know, so it's and that's how it's designed. The guards don't come in and do anything. They don't offer anything for us to grow or, or you know, kind of explore that stuff. So, Facts. you know, better ourselves. Jail and prison hides behind the illusion of um, rehabilitation, but there's nothing rehabilitative about it. Um, they sometimes may allow a class to come in there and it's up to, they're going to probably put the paper somewhere and you'll never hear about it. So it's like, it's up to you and really word of mouth. Like, Hey bro, they got this little college class, you know, come sign up or they got this class, you know, it's a community class. Like it's never the COs or it's never the prison promoting, um, positive or, or community or anything that has to do with growth, even rehabilitation. Like you got to understand, like they have three different type of crimes are three different people who committed three different crimes. They throw them in the same exact dorm and give them the same exact um, counselor and give them the same exact treatment class. That's just probably NA or AA. <laughs> and it's like, everybody needs a different type of counseling. Like if, if I'm not a robber or I'm not, you know, if all of our crimes is different, how are we taking the same, how are we talking to the same counselor and then going to the same AA, NA class? As far as like the lib list, um, and shout out Libli, as far as the, the Phoenix Risings, as far as, um, you know, the writing is activism, as far as all these classes, like, yes, they allowed them to come in, but they did everything they can to try to shut them down, though. Whenever they see you building community and whenever they see that it's a class that's not pro-CO or pro-prison system, um, then they have an extra eye on it or they're extra little bit more strict on it or, you know, there's just a little bit different things that that we can't do. You feel me? So just recognizing the politics in that. The prison system sells the community um, rehabilitation and safety. So I always challenge safety versus sanity because who am I a monster to? And what is what part of my sanity is at risk? They paint such horrible pictures of people on the inside. Until you find a class or community that could bring your story out like you doing right now, that could bring your story from the inside out to humanize them guys. They don't know that they have kids. They don't know that they're somebody's son or, you know, they don't know that they grandma love them or that they just probably committed a theft or, you know, what the, the statue is so, so small between theft and robbery that you could just push somebody out your way and be robbery when you was just trying to steal meat to go feed your family. Granted, no crime is, 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 um, you know, it says like, you know, crime is okay, but I would most definitely try to steal a pack of meat out the store to go to feed my family. And sometimes that's just what you have to do. So, but it, they're not, they're not a monster. Like when you look them up on the internet, it's like, he's a robber and violent. And no, he, you maybe like meet this dude. He's a poet. You know what I'm saying? He's really a community man. He's really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's important that, that under, people understand, like you push a chihuahua in the corner, he's going to bite. The prison system hide behind rehabilitation, but there is no rehabilitating unless you seek it on your own and you have to fight hard to keep it in stater because if they see building community and they see true love and joy and people that's like growing, they're going to try anything they can to shut it down because it's against the prison politics. The system isn't broken. It was built this way. That's what they need to understand. Absolutely. For the audience. So Quiz just mentioned uh, Phoenix rising transition, liberation, literacy, and writing is activism in particular. And just to briefly explain Phoenix rising transitions is a mentor leadership training group used to go in uh, to Columbia River Correctional Institution. Liberation Literacy, I co-founded when I was doing time and mainly focuses on racial justice and prison abolition. 
and writing his activism is an inside out college class run by Vicki Reitenauer from Portland State University. And she has has a class set up. Inside Out College is where 15 people on the outside students come in with 15 prisoners uh, into the prison, have the same class together. And, and we write stuff together in that class and we kind of grow and learn together um, in a college setting, you know, but at the same time you're in prison. So those are very unique classes. Um, one of which, like I said, I, I had a part in creating. So, you know, I just want to explain that. And another thing that you touched on, Queez, once you kind of realize that we can't really affect prison guards, like we, we can try to, but at the end of the day, like we are so powerless in that environment. Um, granted, if we were, if we truly wanted to, we could take over a prison because of the number of people. There's maybe like 80 guards with like 600 people at Columbia River. If we wanted to, we could take over that prison. But we understand that like if we did that, the easiest and simplest thing that would happen is the National Guard would get called and we'd all, all get shot. Back. So like we and we know that. But it takes time to realize that like anger and stuff, it, it won't it won't get us anywhere. Like we can't do anything with it. Um, and, and we also kind of take that anger out on each other. Because, like he just he just said, like, if you put a trial in a cage, it's going to bite people. It's not that we're like bad people. It's that we're in a cage together with nowhere to go. So it's not that we're violent. It's that, like, like he said, like we have nothing. We're in a cage. Like we're being harmed actively every single day by the minute, and and stuff happens in that environment. It's not a healthy, safe, positive place. So, so, so a dorm holds what? 80, 80 people. 80, 80 people at Columbia River is, is one dorm. So in that dorm is that's your everything. You have whatever your bunk in your bunk is your space. And that's all you have. And Eddie dudes showers like 24-7. <laughs> Go in your bedroom with just your family for a month and nobody leaves the room. Yeah, that's that's basically prison. Like that's one bedroom for the for for years, four months, like people doing years of time. Like I did four straight years at Columbia River with 80 people. And and I had a, a little area, maybe like two feet, and I had a little footlocker where I could keep my stuff and I had a little you know, place where I could put my shoes and stuff like that. And that's it for four straight years. You know, people at OSP, because I was at OSP for a little bit too, like we have even yeah. less um, space. And like they, they put us in cells to people where you, you can reach the other end of your cell if you extend your arms. Like let's say you're six feet tall, I'm six feet tall. It, you can't even fully extend your arms in a cell at OSP. Fair. But they expect you to live there with another human being, mind you, for years, um, sometimes decades, depending on the sentence that you get at a time. So I wanna I wanna also kind of ask you, Queez, and, and kind of I wanna hear this from you because everyone's different, but uh when you first started going to prison, you know, because it sounds like you were pretty young once you started first going there, how did that kind of feel? And like what did you have to do to get comfortable and kind of learn how to do time? Coming from the game banging lifestyle. You know, going to prison is a stature like that's you. It's just certain levels you can't reach until you walk a yard. It was like a reverse psychology type of thinking. Like a, you feel me? I didn't trip off going to jail because every time I came home, I was the dude. You feel me? Like every time I came home, everybody, oh, free my bread, he home. I'm talking about as juvenile hall as a kid. Like you feel me? I caught my first case when I was 12. Broke a dude arm at school for touching my cousin butt. So I just from there it was I was already in the going to juvie. One of the first ones in my section going to juvie. So when I came home, it was like, everybody was like, oh, big bro, 
big bro, big bro. And it was big pressure. So going to jail, like I already knew I was going. Going to prison, I already knew I was going. It was set for me already. You know what I'm saying? And it was certain people in my life who I won't speak on who set me on that path and just let me and push me down the hill and, and watch me go. So like for me, it was once I hit prison, I was just like, okay, big homie status, you feel me? Like now I'm here, I'm finna see the homies who've been down for a while. We over here, we thugging like now, cause I already know my status has now gone up. I'm staying solid, no, no blemishes on my record, no smudges on my jacket or my shirt. So with that intact, we going up. So prison, it was different for me to go. Like, I'm like, okay, now, no, hold on. Let me dig deeper than that. I was 19, you feel me, 20 years old going to prison. Clearly it was real fear, real life, it was fear. But like, I already knew that it was coming. So I already was just like, what can I do? Get the best deal and go handle my business. But if you want it, like anybody that's going to prison for the first time, 19 year old kid, like you gonna be scared, you feel me? You're gonna be fearful. Your whole life is taken from you. No matter how much grown shit you was doing in the streets, when you, you ain't got no guns to grab you, you finna go to the big house is what they call it. You going to the big house, the pinta, you feel me? The bucket, the can, big pressure. So it was scary, but uh, I just, I, I adapted, Um, you know, like I said, detaching. I detached from moms, I detached from bro, I detached from the world. Like I'm fully engaged in this experience. Like I'm fully engaged in, in what's gonna go on with me because I can't really worry about the streets. I, ha I had lessons. I had lessons from older homies. I had lessons from, so I knew how to go to, how to go to jail, you feel me? And I just understood that, you know, somebody told me prison is just like the streets. It's, it's just its own world. So you gotta move like that. So I politic, you feel me? Like I've never been somebody to push my muscles around, push my weight around. I'm respected. Everybody love me. Everybody like, like they, that's my guy, you feel me? Um, I always knew that you get further off respect and fear. For me, it was a uh, mental. Like, like I said earlier, it was always me versus me. My entire 10 years has been me versus me and everybody else that has been victim of anything that may have gone on to me, which I apologize for. Um, was just in a crossfire of me versus me. I didn't notice at this time. I didn't know my lashing out. I didn't know my, you know, arguing with the police, fighting and all that was the lashing out because I was a, I was still not willing to face myself. You know what I'm saying? So once I realized like you go to the bucket, then you get out, you do it over. You go to the bucket, do it again, you get out. Like all, it was just a repeated thing. So I was like, you know what? Let me get me right. You feel me? And it really, again, took for me to do it because prison didn't never like push nothing on me, no rehabilitating. Going to prison wasn't hard for me, but changing and growing in prison is what was hard for me. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Like I met you towards the end of my sentence after liberation literacy was already started. You replaced me in the little roster that we have. We have a limited amount of people that can come into certain Fact. classes. And, and I, I just talked with you right before I got out and I and I told people in charge, I was like, I want him to replace me going to liberation literacy. And that and that ended up happening after I left. And I know that you know you talked about kind of growing in, in intellect and, and seeking knowledge, stuff like that. So um I want to know like how this most recent release was kind of different because of that and like you know how you are now um with being out. To make it simple and, and on time, um it was different because I had already been released and lost it all again. I had already been released in the way that everybody expected me to come home. And it didn't last long. I caught it. I got out February 12th, 2016. I caught a case April 13th, 2016. So I had already got out the way that I felt like I should get out and I'm coming home. I'm, it did not last long. And I found myself right back in the can. So after I, and to be honest with you, really, like I was already on my growth and I was already mentally searching for the journey, but Lib Lib put me on that path. 
and showed me the like gave me the light to to really march that path you feel me so without them like i don't think it would have happened or had such a bigger like lib lit made me realize what my impact had on other people which really woke me up on my own worth which is self-love self-care self-worth yeah and that was just the difference like i just already knew what coming home my way was was gonna do so i was just like you know you gotta want to do right i was just like let me just give myself a chance like let me give myself a chance like who wants to jail is just horrible bro like jail is horrible and i hate that i ever caught that place home like it really like was like jail is home and on the streets is a visit because I knew I wasn't going to be on the streets long. Like, I had that mentality. Listen, anybody, listen, lose the I go back to what I know best mentality. If you have the I know what I, I go back to what I know best mentality, you are already planning to fail. That is a failure mentality. Nothing you do is going to come out right because you're not wanting it to. You're not putting in the right energy. And you're going to go back to what you know best. And that's going to send you right back to where you just came from. And I don't want to see prison again. I hate it. <laughs> That was the difference. Not wanting to go back, bro. Yeah, that's that's basically the interview. Is there any kind of like, you know, last words or final thoughts you want to leave the audience with? Yes, please do not judge off the cover. Please just take a chance to read a few pages. You ain't got to read the whole book. Read a few pages. We may be deemed monsters. We just paint the artwork. They put it on us. We just, we sign it. We, we sign the artwork. Have a conversation with us. Sometimes it's intellectual. Sometimes I may be one of the smartest dudes that you talk to you know i may be the dude that changed your life regardless of what the system may say it's called systematic slavery i was built to lose i was built to lose the system was built to win they was built to break us they hide under the illusion of rehabilitation i guarantee you you don't even know that there's a prison in your city in your backyard torturing people it's real life dehumanizing just take a little bit of time to talk to somebody who's actually been there and make your own judgment. Don't judge by what everybody else say and ask yourself, who is they? Cause they seem to be the ones that are always saying something. Thank you, my friend, I appreciate it. Yes, Lord. I wanna thank Queez Audi and everyone out there listening. We'll see you next time.